0: Rejoice, the Lord is near. In all circumstances, rejoice and give thanks. Quite a few years ago when I was um, still in seminary, I went with a group into downtown Kansas City, into North Kansas City, and helped an organization that served soup and handed out clothing to the homeless in Kansas City. And I distinctly remember being amazed at the joyfulness of the individuals we were serving. This organization would come by each week and would um, provide the basic necessities for the homeless in Kansas City, many of them living under bridges. And so they would give them things such as socks, basic clothing, coats, shoes, all things that were donated. And I remember one man, after handing him a pair of socks, looking at me with great joy in his eyes and saying, the Lord is so good, I'm so happy. And it was windy and 10 degrees out. And he was probably not sleeping under a warm roof that night. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We see Paul write of this rejoicing, not only in the letter to the Thessalonians, which we read this morning, but also to the Philippians. This seems to be a refrain for him in rejoicing. And it's in the letter of the Philippians that he gives the reason for rejoicing. Why is it? Because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. The nearness of Christ and the nearness that we have to Jesus Christ is a direct relationship to the joy that we're filled with. The third Sunday of Advent always is celebrated as a Sunday of joy. Galdete, rejoice, a day of expectation. Day of the nearness of the Lord. We know when Elizabeth visits Mary, her cousin, John leaps for joy in her womb. Why is he leaping? Because of the nearness of the Lord. Mary's response to Elizabeth in the same chapter there is, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Why is her soul rejoicing? Because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the very Christ child was within her. This is the reality. That the nearness of Jesus Christ brings joy to the heart. And this isn't just a joy that's an apple cider and snowflake joy. It's something that lasts. It's something that's unwavering. Right? And it's unwavering because it comes from Jesus Christ, who is the source of happiness himself. What was the first moment that someone was unhappy in the world? Well, what we see in Scripture, Adam and Eve hide themselves in the garden. As they disobey the will of God, a distance is created between... Them in between God. And notice this isn't something that God did. This is something that Adam and Eve did. God didn't cause their sadness. God didn't cause their grief. It was the deliberate choice to choose something other than the will and the love of God that brought this discord, this unhappiness into the world. And then we look at the other side. In the garden, they had perfect happiness, not wanting for anything. In the beginning, they walked with God, they were close to Him. And imagine that joy that they would have had. Then imagine the unhappiness that came when this relationship was damaged. And man's constant yearn to reconnect to come back to a state of relationship and happiness, but unable to do it by himself. It's the human heart that yearns to be in relationship with God. That's why the wise men seek Him out. And even when we don't even know that we're yearning ourselves for Him, and we go after other silly things in the world to fill that need, to fill that yearning, to fill that desire for him. We still yearn for him. The Second Vatican Council in the document *Gallumet Espes, the church in the modern world, wrote, the Lord is the goal of human history, the focal point of the longings of history and of civilization, the center of the human race, the joy of every heart, and the answer to all its yearnings. He it is whom the Father raised from the dead, lifted on high and stationed at his right hand, making him judge of the living and the dead. Enlivened and united in his spirit, we journey toward the consummation of human history, one which fully accords With the counsel of God's love. End quote. We discover true joy. We discover that when we draw close to Christ, when we remain with Him, that is exactly where we find true happiness. So, this is what I saw in that man in Kansas City. He was a man who loved the Lord. And his own poverty allowed him to hold nothing in front of God. This is what enabled Mother Teresa to be so free, to be so filled with love of the Lord with such great joy. And that's the character in the Mark that shows a Christian. It's not being bitter and angry and mad at the world. Right, but it's being filled with such joy because of the love of Jesus Christ in his nearness to us.